I think the other day on my Sunday show, I went about reading a lot of the comments from Facebook and Twitter and otherwise uh, regarding uh, the whole concept of godlessness and whether or not there's a god and, of course, how atheism is so much cooler and better and more moral than a world with God. And I, you know, I went about it and I, I, I kind of showed a lot of the arguments that had been made and most of which were, were of course, absurd, and a lot of them were ad hominem attacks against me or against people like myself who believe in uh, God, and of course against Christians in particular, how absurd they are to believe in uh, this Jesus character. And I, I went about talking about this, and I tried to do it in an intellectual way, simply to say, look, they're just not addressing these issues. When it comes to my book, Atheism Destroys, and then, of course, its predecessor, Volume 1, which was Atheism Kills, um, people were very responsive, shall I say, they, but uh, I should say reactive to the title alone. Atheism Kills? Hey, I'm an atheist, and I haven't killed anybody. You know, mic drop, as if that's the issue, right? Then, uh, then the arguments like, what about the Inquisition? What about the Crusades? You know, and again, they feel like they've dropped the microphone as well. Everything is uh, just dismissive. Um, and, and I would expect that from atheists, and I've seen that from atheists many times over. What I'm trying to do in this particular podcast is to tell you that atheism itself is utterly irrational. Uh, maybe better yet, that atheism itself is utterly lazy. People who subscribe to atheism and I think I'm being very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think I'm being very generous, magnanimous in my definition of uh, atheism being lazy. Uh, in fact, I think it's, uh, it's an effort, it's a great excuse to be uh, unaccountable for your actions. That's the main uh, charge that I have with atheism. And it leads ultimately to disastrous results. Um, and, you know, you can say, well, I just don't believe in God. What's the big deal? But it does lead to disastrous results. When you take away God from the equation, you're basically taking away the, the concept of morality from the equation, whether you believe you can be moral or not. And without morals, or at least floating point morality, uh, that one thing could be moral one day and then not moral the next day and vice versa. Uh, and your morality is different than a, a morality from somebody, say, in Switzerland or Bali or from India. Uh, well, then, then there is no morality, right? So they use the word morality, but by definition, morality is a universal sense of the way things should be and what things you should and shouldn't do. Okay, so my main point today is to talk about the laziness of atheism. Yeah, I really, I mean it. It's a, it's, it's a lazy philosophy. It's as if, I don't know, somebody were to tell... Uh, you that, uh, you know, it's great to drink alcohol, you know, and you should be drinking alcohol all the time. You should not be working. Uh, you should not uh, make an effort uh, to engage in relationships and to be a good son, a good husband, a good daughter, whatever, uh, because that's, that's the religion, I guess. There is no effort in atheism. It doesn't, there's no calling in atheism. And that's why I say not only is it unaccountable, but it's lazy. I, I hope you're with me so far. So I, I'm, I'm struck by this observation. 
when when an atheist will tell you that he is he can be moral and he is moral. In fact, he knows more atheists who are moral than than Christians. Don't you know? These are these are quips that I've heard time and time again. That atheists actually live a much more moral life than most Christians. Okay. Uh, let's let's talk now about specific angles that I've seen. These are repeated themes altogether. All right. The first one I'm going to get rid of right away. It's pretty easy because I've, I've dealt with this so many times. I've mentioned it so many times on this podcast and on my Sunday show. First, the idea that uh, the the Crusades and the Inquisition led to far more deaths than anything that uh, uh, secularism or atheism has ever done. In other words, the, the quip is um, a religion has killed far more people than anything else, right? You've heard that before, right, everyone? Yes. Uh, that's demonstrably false. It's uh, too easy to refute. I, I say this in my book, uh, Atheism Kills, in my chapter, Murder by Numbers. I, I go through all the godless institutions and governments and show how much uh, devastation they have wrought. And what they try to do at that point is they say, well, you know, you can't really conflate uh, godlessness with atheism. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're really one and the same. The fact is, you, you, in atheism, you want to advance uh, a godless government, right? I mean, by definition, you want the separation of church and state, like you've always said. You, you want this. You, you think that that's a superior way of governing, especially if you believe that religion has caused more deaths th- than anything else right? So by definition, you, you want the absence of God. You want God to go away. You want godlessness. Isn't that fair? And if you want godlessness, well then, what does it look like in terms of its consequences? We have it in Hitler. We have it in uh, Mussolini. We have it in the, all the communist countries. So they, they wrought, what, anywhere, it depends who you talk to. It's at least 100 million people in the 20th century, upward to 200 million people. It could, and it's, of course, growing even in the 21st century because communism still exists today. To say nothing of the devastating uh, consequences that through torture and enslavement, uh, just the brutality involved in godlessness is, uh, is certainly measurable and it's certainly gigantic. So let me make this also very clear to everyone. And I want my listeners to say this to everyone as well. If I were to believe for a moment that religion has caused more damage, more deaths, more destruction, whatever, than the absence of religion, I, I would run away from religion. So would you, right? Why would I, why would I become a member of a, such an inglorious enterprise? Right? Why? Such a devilish enterprise. If, if religion itself is devilish and caused so much mayhem, why would I want any part of it? I want you to talk to, to people, your, your fellow atheists, friends at least, who, who, uh, who say such things to you. Because it's nonsense. It is nonsense. You have to fight back. Now, I, I'll say this time and time again. You may think that the discussion of godlessness is kind of a philosophical point and something you might address uh, in your college dorm days, you know, when you were, it's midnight or uh, one o'clock in the, in the morning and, and you want, want to discuss these important philosophical topics, but it doesn't really affect you in your day-to-day life. I want you to know 
that not only does it touch you upon your day-to-day life and will it touch you uh, in your day-to-day life, but you will have no choice but to deal with it. You may think that godlessness is not a serious issue to worry about, but trust me, it's coming to a theater near you. And you will have to be educated on the subject. Please educate yourselves. And, and please, and I say this mostly to Christians because they don't know even their own history. When it comes to the Crusades, uh, you need to know that over the various Crusades, uh, you know, a total of, I think it was less than a million people uh, were, were killed. And, and that was just because of war. That's what happens in war. And in terms of uh, people being killed because uh, just randomly, it's very small. And besides, the, the million people who were killed, um, that was a period over uh, several hundred years, for one thing. And then secondly, it was in the, in, in the defense of uh, Jerusalem. These wars happen. So don't, say, don't think for a moment that somehow uh, the Crusades are, are, are a reflection of a horrific religion. On the contrary, um, it, was, it was the greatness of the Catholic Church at the time that was trying to defend Catholicism, Christianity, generally speaking, and to defend more, more particularly Jerusalem, which was being invaded. So, I mean, it's, it's very fair that the wars happened. And uh, yes, were, were there brutalities that happened along the way? I'm sure there were. But that happens in every war, right? Even World War II, where American soldiers, some of them did some bad things. If you, if you think for a moment that, you know, World War II being the good war, uh, that Americans did everything perfectly, you're, then you're naive, okay? And if that's the standard, then, and that we should never have any wars because of that imperfection, well, then we only leave ourselves open to dramatic evil as a result, okay? We know that from World War II as well. Okay, uh, then there's the Inquisition. And the Inquisition, you should know, was not actually foisted upon by the Pope of the church. It was in, uh, instead foisted upon by Queen Isabella in particular, and then others who sought to get rid of uh, certain others in their uh, midst who were not Christian. Yes, uh, Jews were affected, Muslims were affected, anybody who was not Christian was affected. But in terms of people who actually died, uh, it's something like 250 over a span of 300 years. Okay, so remember part of the reason why. Um, Catholicism, and, and then uh, overall Christianity gets such a bad rap is because of the conflict between Protestants and Catholics. And during the most horrific uh, uh, conflagration between um, the Protestants and the Catholics, well, um, they, ex- they tended to exaggerate and demonize uh, the history of Catholicism. So, you have to keep that in mind, okay? That's, uh, that's you're, you're, you know, and, and the godless, the atheists now exploit that, that conflict and they want to make uh, everyone think that Catholicism is such a horrific enterprise and thereby, thereby painting that same brush upon all Christianity altogether. All right, so you're with me. Great, <laughs> okay. Then they talk about the witch burnings. Oh, the witch burnings. So there were some... Uh, 19 total killed in uh, the Salem witch trials. 19, that's it. And that's over a period of two years. That's it. There were some witch burnings in Europe as well. There were several more of that, maybe hundreds, maybe even a couple thousand. 
but over a period of hundreds of years. Now you compare that to the horrific slaughters of Hitler, Pol Pot, Stalin, and so forth. You, you compare all those things, and th there's no comparison. It is a drop in the bucket. And not only that is in terms of the actual numbers, but also in terms of the amount of time that such horrors were accomplished. Hitler did his horrific, uh, horrific slaughter of Jews and, and others, 11 million people in total, just by his regime alone. This is not to say anything about the, the war and the starvations and the horrible tortures and enslavements that he, he wrought. Uh, just the killing alone happened in a span of three years. Three years. And when you compare that to the couple of thousand of witch burnings and the 250 uh, on the Inquisition side over a, a span of, of hundreds of years. And they try to make this a similar thing. So how does the atheist get around that? This is the, that follows, you know, leads into the next argument. How does the atheist get around this Hitler concept? Because Hitler is, you know, he's the bad boy of evil. He's the poster child of evil. How do they get around it? They say he was a Christian. And, and to prove that, they make reference to the, um, his Mein Kampf, which is, means my struggle, his, uh, his, the book that he wrote in prison. And he said something to the effect of that Jesus is my Lord, as, as if that's, that's you know, proof positive. Boom, you're done. That's it. And there was a, a couple of belt buckles during the Nazi regime that said, Gott ist mit uns, which means God is with us. Okay. So therefore, you know, he's a Christian through and through, and he goes to church all the time. Right? And an atheist from time to time will show you, uh, you know, a, a picture of Hitler coming out of a church and boom, and he'll say, all you need to know. Right? That, that's great. I, I've been in a church. Right? Does that make, that means that I'm a Christian? I, I once came out of a church, boom. And, and if you've been to a synagogue, that means that you're a Jew, right? What nonsense. But it's intellectually lazy, and I think they, they want to be lazy about it. They want to dismiss the notion of God so badly. Now, I may even sound angry as I, as I think about it. I, I think I, I'm coming off as angry. And maybe I am. Maybe I am. Because I, I expect people to have some sort of intellectual vigor when they deal with the most important question that they could ever deal with. And that is the existence of God. I expect... I think, I think everyone has a duty to find God. You, you heard me say that in a previous podcast. But most people don't see that duty. They don't want to engage in that duty because it's far easier to land upon, uh, you know, and land in the country that they want to land, which is the land of unaccountability. A land where you can have uh, sex as often as you like uh, with whomever you want. Uh, you don't have to be um, honest or accountable to your neighbor. Uh, you can lie, cheat, and steal. Okay? That is, that, that is a far more tempting land to live in than the land of Christianity and Judaism, where you are accountable, where as, as difficult as things may be, you have to tell the truth. Do we, do we sidestep? Do we, do we sin? Do we sometimes not make the mark? Yeah, of course. But at least we know we're not making the mark. At least we know that there's a standard by which we, we should be judged, and we judge ourselves and each other. But they don't want any standard at all. 
these atheists. Now, when it comes to going back to Hitler again, they know they have to deal with Hitler. So, look, was, it, was Hitler an atheist atheist in the full sense of the word? Not necessarily, but he certainly did not believe in God. He certainly not only was not Christian, but he hated Christianity. He had full contempt for Christianity. He called it a lazy religion. He thought Jesus was a, a, you know, some, a, some sort of mongrel. Hor- horrific words about Jesus, horrific words about Christianity. He said that in his speeches. He said that in his table talk with others. Um, it was very clear. Now, look, the fact that he said some of these things, uh, you know, pro-Christian or seemingly pro-Christian, and said that he thought that teaching Christianity was important before he became chancellor, well, okay, so what? He was a politician. We all agree that politicians uh, say anything necessary in order to get the love of the people, the, the votes of the people. That's what they do. But somehow when it comes to Hitler, you can take that to the bank. And this Hitler guy, we know he was a murderer. Everyone agrees uh, about that, right? I mean, atheist and, and believer alike. And somehow it, it, we're expected to believe that he was honest Abe when it came to his representations before he became chancellor. And, 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 this, and we know that he lied you know, directly to um, Neville Chamberlain's face when he said that he would not invade Poland, would not invade this, this or that country, that he just wanted to take the Sudetenland, Right. <laughs> and, 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 but somehow, when he says that anything favorable or seemingly favorable about Christianity, uh, we are to believe him 100%. And not only that, but, but Christianity should have a black eye because, this is, because they advanced fascism somehow. They advanced Hitler. Hitler and, and Christianity were one and the same. In fact, he did it because he was Christian. <laughs> it was his Christian faith that led him to kill so many people. Because you, you know it's right there in, in the New Testament, right? It's there everywhere. Kills many people, uh, Jews in particular. Yeah, yeah, it says, it says it right there. Yeah, it, it's, maybe it's not in the most obvious sections of the New Testament, but it's in one of those secret, you know, uh, sections of the New Testament where you pay a little bit more, like 20 bucks more, and you get this secret chapter. Yeah, mm-hmm. You get the idea. The fact is that Hitler was a crazy man. And he was a liar. He was deceptive in every, every respect. And as far as his uh, faith is concerned, it was clear that he hated Christianity, hated it. If anything, he was a pantheist. He seemed to look back into the German uh, gods of the past. He wanted to hark back to that. I don't think he actually believed in it. I thought he, I think he probably wanted to hearken back to that because he didn't want to allow Christianity to muddle or pollute the true German nature, which he felt to be stronger. It was all, all about strength for him. In fact, between Christianity, Judaism, and, and Islam, he, he strongly favored Islam because he saw Islam as a strong religion, one that was capable of doing great things. That, that had a backbone, unlike the feeble and weak, and I'm using these words that, that Hitler himself had said. All right, so what else do they say about uh, Christianity? Now, when you, when you confront them with communism, uh, you know, Stalin, Pol Pot, uh, uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, and his father, of course, um, Ceausescu, every one of those bastards, every single one of them were, were atheists. Well, they'll say, well, it wasn't, they happened to be atheists. 
It wasn't because of their atheism that these horrific things happened. And then they always revert to, I'm an atheist and I have no interest in killing anybody and have never killed anybody. How about that? (laughs) So, no, atheism was the core tenet of communism, the core tenet. And it was the core tenet, I believe, of fascism as well. Everything about it was godless. No matter what you want to call it, whether it's godlessness or atheism, we'll stick to godlessness. Maybe that's the absence of God. They, they clearly wanted to reject the Christian and Jewish mindset, the Judeo-Christian mindset. They wanted to, uh, to flush that out of the system. They wanted to eradicate it. Hitler's mission of killing Jews was not so much because he hated Jews as Jews. He hated, he, he hated the Ten Commandments. He felt by killing the Jews he'd be eradicating the Ten Commandments. That's what he really hated. That's why his first step was to get rid of Jews and then Christians. That was his next step. And in his own mind, in his fantasies, uh, he, he never got close to that, of course, but that was his ultimate goal. Thank God we stopped him. Thank God. So these are the claptrap nonsense arguments that you have to respond to and make clear that you know this history really, really well. Now, another argument I hear all the time is that uh, godless nations are somehow more productive, have less crime, uh, and are just better all around than the countries that do have God in them. Okay. And for some reason, they always cite to Switzerland, saying Switzerland is an atheist country, and look how good it is. Look how organized it is. Look how productive it is. Look, it's a great argument, except that it's just utterly false. I mean, Switzerland is not an atheist country. It's so funny. Like, they want to ascribe to atheism anything that is great. But when, they, when you point to them that, that there's a correlation, in fact, a causation between atheism and fascism and communism, then they run away from that, right? But they, they were very happy to associate uh, atheism with great things, like a stable country like, like Switzerland. Now, Switzerland is not an atheist country. Just not. And, and this from the official uh, website of uh, Switzerland, Swissinfo.ch. CH is the uh, abbreviation for Switzerland. Uh, the title being God continues to lose believers in Switzerland, right? So, yes, they are becoming less uh, interested in God in Switzerland, but that doesn't make it an atheist country, right? So, listen, this is what they argue. Um, those who believe... In a monotheistic God, whatever form he or she might take, dropped from 46% of the population in 2014 to 40% last year, and last year being 2020, uh, in this website. And uh, it talks about confirming long-term trends, showing religious beliefs declining over the past decades. Uh, Look, I mean, what can I say? The fact that things are declining doesn't mean that it has become an atheist country. Right? I mean, at, at, there's, a, there's a big difference between people who are just not interested in religion, who simply don't go to church, don't go to synagogue, uh, and for that matter, don't go, go to a mosque, and those uh, who actively state and declare themselves to be anti-religion uh, and believe that there is no God and want to have a government that is, is not God, let alone a government that is run as an atheistic enterprise. So they take liberties here. 
in the uh, ascription of the way Switzerland is. Dramatic liberties. And it's, it's uh, sad to, to see it because we have to fight it. You have to know these arguments. Now, they say the same thing with a lot of other European countries, uh, particularly Sweden, that somehow it's an atheist country. The same thing holds for, for Sweden, by the way. These countries had, had been much more religious. It is true that they are losing their religion. That's my whole point of my book, that godlessness is, is on the rise. And we need to fight it. And if you think that it's a better idea to have godlessness as an operating system for your government, you need look no for, further than what communism and fascism has wrought in order for you to understand the devastating consequences. I, I argue in my book, uh, Atheism Destroys, that uh, not only does um, atheism destroy free speech, but also destroys democracy. It's, it, democracy and godlessness are, are antithetical to one another because, for so many different reasons. But I, I get into that in my book. I, I, I encourage you to, to read it. But godlessness makes no sense uh, in a world where you love democracy and freedom. Freedom is, is a religious enterprise. It does not belong to the godless for so many reasons. Part of the reason why, I guess I'm giving it away, part of the reason why we love freedom so much is because we, we have a sense that it's innate within us, that it's a God-given right. And that's particularly true with the free speech. But if you don't believe in God, and you don't believe that, it's, that the, these rights emanate from God, therefore, right? You, you think that it's just something that's kind of cool uh, to have free speech, but you have to ask why. Why is it important to you? Isn't it more important what the state has to do, right? I mean, if, if, if it's everything's in the purpose of the state, uh, then, then we don't need God. In fact, God is a hindrance to the, the whole notion of, uh, of what the state might want. Free speech is a, is a hindrance. Okay, I'm digressing a little bit, but you, I think you get the idea. They, they, they think that somehow these countries that don't have God or that are rapidly diminishing in the observance of God are somehow better countries and will be better countries as a result of uh, rejecting God. They are wrong. We know that, yes, religion is leaving Switzerland and Sweden and many other European countries, but you can see that things are going poorly for them. Now, if, if the atheist, and all he's doing is he's taking a snapshot in time and saying, oh, look, more, more people are... Uh, godless in Switzerland than they are not godless than, than the churchgoers, right? And therefore, it's an atheist country. Well, that's, that's not really a fair representation. You need to look at it as it's going along uh, and see the a rapid demise. It's almost like saying, in fact, it's very much like saying, well, look at this tree. Um, it's green right now, but there's a drought and there won't be any water. But, but because there hasn't been any water for two weeks and the, the, the water, the, sorry, the tree seems to be green still, therefore, trees don't need water. In fact, they're better off without the water somehow. You see? There's no difference. It's a perfect analogy now that I think about it. Perfect. But they want to take away this water, the water we call God. They, they won't realize that when God is fully out of the picture or it's only believed in, God is only believed in by a very small majority, a not strong enough majority to even speak up, that horrors will happen. 
And it will, even in lovely Switzerland. You cannot expect a world of morality when you take God out of it. That leads me to the last point, the last main argument that I hear from atheists, which is that they're atheists and they're very moral and the, the concept of morality has nothing to do with God. In fact, we can be more moral if we reject God, if we simply focus our attention to logic and our innate sense of what is right and what is wrong. Okay, so this is an easy one. Uh, logic can be anything you want, right? Because my logic will be very different than your logic. And I say this as a lawyer, right? I, 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 trust me, uh, the people on the other side of most of my legal cases, they really believe what they believe. They do. They're not trying to hide most of the information. Sometimes they do, of course, but most of the time uh, they think it's legitimate. I, I just had a case where the other side had been pilfering the company uh, to the tunes of millions of dollars. And they said, no big whoop. We were planning to return the money anyway. Never mind that they only started returning the money once we actually initiated a lawsuit. Right? But, but they felt like outraged, outraged that we had pursued them in litigation. Their logic was, we'll get the money back in there when we want to. And who are you to tell us how to operate our business? They could take the money as they pleased. I'm telling you that there was, there was this gross uh, sense of common sense and logic to them in their belief. I, I, you know, it, objectively, you could look at it and say they were 100% wrong, but they really believed it. And I gave the example in Atheism Kills of a guy who seeks a promotion. He really wants this particular promotion. He needs to take care of his family after all. Um, but there's this other young guy who doesn't have a family, uh, who still has prospects of promotion in the future. But the, the first guy, well, he's older, he's 45 or so. And, you know, if he doesn't land this promotion, well, he may not have a shot whatsoever in the future and he'll be out in the streets or so he perceives. So he, he's, he does what he has to do in his mind. And in, in his case, he decides he's going to uh, put some suggestive pictures in uh, the younger guy's company computer, right? It could be porn, it could be child pornography, God forbid, whatever it is to get him fired or just to even say some gossip about him to cause some questions among the higher-ups in the company and then he won't necessarily be fired but he'll be passed up for the promotion and the first guy, the older guy, gets the promotion at the end of the day. You see his logic? His logic is very simple. The older guy, he, he'll say, look, I, I, need to, I need to take care of my family. And those gambling bets aren't going to pay for themselves. I got to do something. I, I can't be, you know, have my legs broken by Guido. Not going to happen. And this guy, this young guy, he'll be fine. He'll have other opportunities for promotion. He's a, he's a young whippersnapper. I'm not causing him to be ruined. I'm just simply having him passed over for promotion this time. It's all logical. Everything about it is logical. It's not moral, but it's logical. This is the, the game you can throw back. It's, I call it the logic game. But this idea that you can somehow be more moral without God, without some sort of universal set of rules that lay out what morality is, good luck. 
Good luck. These people really can't, uh, when they say that they could be an atheist and still be moral, they, they have no connection. They can't put it together. It doesn't work for them. It's, and, and they are intellectually lazy. And more importantly, they are intellect, intellectually lazy because they don't want to be accountable. In this way, atheism, godlessness if you like, is like a drug. Yeah, what do I mean by that? I mean, I, I mean that you want to you imbibe godlessness because it lets you obscure reality. It lets you ignore reality. It lets you not face reality because the reality of the day is that God is real. And this is not about proving God. I'm simply talking about the arguments that atheists lay uh, at my feet. But they just don't want to recognize that because despite the obviousness of God's existence, it's the last thing they want to acknowledge. Every atheist that has commented on my book, negative in particular, has not read it. Not one. You can tell. You can tell from the comments because their comments in particular, for example, that I, you know, what about the Inquisition and such like that? Okay, well, I, since I talk about the Inquisition in the very beginning of the book, clearly they haven't read it because I address it. I'm not even defending my book here. I'm simply talking about how the atheist thinks. So that proves to me that they haven't read the book. And generally speaking, um, even if they say, look, I'm an atheist and I haven't killed anybody, well, that you know, the title of the book makes it very clear. It's about atheism as an ideology, how destructive it is and how it kills. Yes, atheism is a drug. And too many people are imbibing it. Think of it like a whole country. It's like an opi opioid crisis, right? Or a fentanyl crisis. It's in everything. And people are taking it. Not realize how, how dangerous it is. Or maybe they do realize it. But more appealing to them is the fact that it won't have to be accountable. That's what the nature of drugs and alcohol is all about, right? You escape for the time being. You don't need to deal with reality. And that is what godlessness and atheism are all about. Oh, they masquerade intellectually. They masquerade as, as being some sort, some sort of philosophical treatise. But if you actually read the arguments of the famous atheists, the Sam Harris's, the Richard Dawkins, and you start stripping away their fancy words and the way they articulate themselves, you actually listen to what they're saying. It makes no sense. How, how do they deal with free will, for example? They say it doesn't exist. <laughs> they know they have to deal with free will because free will, if it actually exists, means that a creator has given it to us. By definition, free will comes from nowhere, right? It, it can't come from evolution. You can't find the gene that gives us free will, right? It, it doesn't make sense. It's not as if through the pure evolution process somehow uh, nature said, well, let's try this free will thing, this characteristic in this human being, and let's see how that turns out, and let's see whether he survives. No, it's, it's not like that. Even taking... The evolutionary argument, such as, I don't know, having darker skin to protect yourself from the, the sun's harmful rays. I, no, it's not the same thing. So they, they reject free will altogether. And when it comes to morality, they say they can be more moral. They can be better than you. Look, even, even when I was an atheist, 
I acknowledge that you have to have free will. Uh, if, if you have free will, then, then there is a God, right? I acknowledge that. But more importantly, I acknowledge that a world without God is a world without morality. I simply said to myself that, gosh, you know, I, that's the reality. And too bad every, all these other suckers don't believe it. But thank God that they're around so that we don't live in mayhem with, with one another. That's what I believed. But I was honest about it. These people, they, they reject all that is good, such as free will and morality. And they say that uh, they can have morality without, without God. Never mind that the definition of morality means that it comes from God. They, they, they want it always in their favor, in every way. They want atheism to not be associated with anything evil and only to be associated with everything good. And, and they believe themselves into this preposterous set of logic. It, you know, it, it's like saying, I, I can believe that this car will drive without any sort of energy that makes it go, whether it's fuel or batteries or whatever, okay? <laughs> that somehow it can go uh, on the, the energy of my thoughts, yes. But, but that is really the way, the nature of the atheist enterprise and the way they think. Anyway, my friends, you, we just all have to be much more savvy. I'm telling you, atheism, godlessness is coming to a theater near you, and you need to understand how to argue these things. It doesn't take much, especially the history of the Christian church, uh, Judaism, and all the, all the things that Judaism and Christianity have given the world, which are extraordinary. You need to understand that. We talked about this before. The university, the health system, the education system, the scientific method, the concept of truth and justice, you know, those small things. <laughs> but you need to understand that all those things, including all the discoveries, mind you, and Big Bang and so forth, these came from re religious people because they were pursuing truth, the truth of God. And if you accept that, then, then you, you're much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, armed with knowledge against the godless. You need to have that. And then you need to know the horrific history of atheism itself. Because atheism didn't really take root until the uh, latter part of the 1800s, the 19th century, essentially. And then when it gained that kind of momentum, we saw what happened with Hitler and Stalin and Pol Pot and everyone else that I mentioned in communism. There's never been a godless regime that has ever been anything other than ruthless and horrifically destructive. Horrifically so. You need to know that history as well. And I, I beg all of you, please get your history in your brain. Know how to respond in the debate of the world. Do not say simply, well, I respect the fact that you don't believe in God. That's okay, but I do. You know, I hope one day maybe you'll, you'll see the you know, same kind of peace and joy I have because faith, you know, just take a step. Just, just, just try it. No atheist will ever accept that argument. They, they think that you're losing your, your debate when you say that. I don't know of any atheist, not a single one, who became a Christian or a Jew who said, well, I talked to Bob and my friend Bob said, take a, take a step and just have faith and everything will be great. No, what, happened is something, what happens is something far different. Usually they, they have a, a miracle you know, conversion, something, an epiphany. And they start studying a little bit and they begin to realize, yes, there is such a thing as free will. Yes, that, that morality can only come from God. Um, they begin to understand these things. 
And that's when they become true believers in the sense that you and I so uh, love and appreciate. That's what we need to do, folks. Get in there, get in the fight. Don't be passive. Speak up for God. Speak up for Christianity. Speak up for Judaism. And then say, what has your atheism ever done for the world? All right? Folks, this is Brooke Lurie signing off. God bless. Really, God bless. And we'll talk with you next week.